Before we start the show, just a word from our sponsor, Undeniable Press. For all your screen printing needs, located in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. If you ever need any t-shirts or any other little promo accessories, posters, or whatnot printed up for you, go to Undeniable Press. They're located, once again, in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. And you can uh, reach them at facebook.com slash undeniablepressdetroit. And those same guys who do Undeniable Press also have a clothing line called 20 by 20 Apparel. It's very much wrestling themed. All sorts of nostalgic themes in regards to the history of wrestling. And you can go check out their clothing line at 20x20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20, apparel.com. Now let's start the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bummy, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yelling what it goes. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. This is episode number 87, and this is the third and final interview that I'm going to bring to you from my recent time at Wizard World Columbus. My guest this time is Sean Koss, co-owner of the Any, Any Means Necessary clothing line and the artist for the webcomic Cyanide and Happiness. During our interview, we talked about being an independent artist and more importantly, paying taxes using humor to talk about uncomfortable subjects, using art to talk about mental health, his variety of projects, and all sorts of other actionable lessons coming from his life. So let's get into the interview with Sean Koss, recorded live recently from Wizard World Columbus. Here with uh, Sean Koss at the Wizard World Columbus Comic Con. How you doing, man? I'm doing fucking fine. Can I swear? Yeah, go ahead. Fucking fun. I feel good. (laughs) So when you're doing Comic-Cons like this, you know, what are most of the conversations that you're having with people? Um, Depends. Typically, the last couple years, it's been about, like, can I draw an abortion on your sketch or not? (laughs) Uh, Or, like, how, like, is Jesus fucking Hitler, like, offensive to you, or is that okay? Like, trying to figure out people's (laughs) offensive lines. Um... That's usually a lot of the conversation, and then uh, sometimes I'll have some serious conversations about my mental illness stuff, which gets into fucking depressing talks. But, right. Um, it, we have a very wide variety. It's like a Jerry Springer sort of conversation <laughs> pieces. Right. Okay, you have this thing called uh, Cyanide and Happiness. What is that? Uh, it's some bullshit webcomic I've been a part of for like nine years. Um, we draw stick figures for a living, and... Uh, we're pretty popular. Uh, the kids seem to like it. Um, it's just, 
stick figures and some weird situations, and it just seems to grab people's attention. I think it's because like it's so simple, and it's like, oh, I can do that. Fuck these guys, I can do that. And then they're like, oh wait, I can't do that. The jokes aren't that. Weird. So, what's some of the the themes of of this? Uh oh, man, we got stuff from like we have a survivalist named Ted Bear, who. Um, pretty much eats himself to death and somehow escapes death <laughs> all the time, like finding a bacon tree. We have like our own list of superheroes, like um, what, Star Spangled Bastard, uh, Salmon Boy, Carrot Man. <laughs> like, it's a lot of just, we're making fun of everything around us and just putting them in stick figure positions, I guess. How important is it to, to, uh, to sort of use humor to like get your point across? Um, I feel like humor is a universal kind of emotion that everyone likes. Like no one no one hates to laugh. No one's like, <laughs> I don't wanna fucking laugh. Like no, no, I don't wanna laugh. Everyone no. you feel good when you laugh. You feel right. good when you're happy. And we can t- kinda touch on some sensitive subjects uh, and throw a joke in there. So maybe something as heavy as abortion. Like not everyone thinks abortion's funny. I think it's fucking funny. <laughs> um, and I've had a miscarriage when my wife has. So <laughs> Oh you have? Oh I, right. I did too because <laughs> apparently men can't have babies. But I sure fucking tried. <laughs> But when you're hitting like subjects like that and you throw in some jokes into it, like you know, having a unicorn abort a bunch of babies, it kind of makes it not as heavy and helps some people cope with it better. Right, 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 right. And sometimes we just like to offend the fuck out of someone. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. When, um, you know, how important is it, like, whether it's your boys that you're doing these uh, you know, projects with or just other creatives to have that sort of sense of community with everybody? Um, I think community is important. I think uh, currently we're kind of in a, like a dog-eat-dog kind of world. Like everyone's trying to use each other as stepping stones. And I know me personally, I'm trying to like, if I know an artist that I like and I'm a fan of, I'll try and help that person out if I can. You know, um, I have a friend named Tyler Lamp who is a, a great artist out in Salt Lake. Uh, he's getting kind of big, or getting into the conventions. Yeah. Doesn't really have the pull. So I was like, dude, come at my booth, sit right next to me, and get the overflow of the Sign of Happiness fans. And, you know, he ended up doing really well in Cleveland because they'd come see me, and they go, oh, wait, what's this stuff? Right. You know, just having that association. But I think community is important, you know. You need to have friends. You, you could do this on your own. It would be fucking miserable. <laughs> right. I'm not sure, like, where I heard it, but I know that there is scientific proof that, like, that sort of dog-eat-dog competition thing really doesn't exist. It was just a myth. And uh, if you help each other, it, like, as uh, I, I think the saying is, uh, you know, high tide raises all the ships. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I've seen it firsthand on, like, certain artists, like, you want to work with, and they'll be like, nah, I'm good, because they think they're, they think they're a social status higher than you. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, with me and, you know, Mike, uh, who's my business partner, it's like, and we see an up-and-comer who's asking questions. So we're like, dude, we'll give you all the information we have and hopes that it helps you. Right. You know, and just because we've been doing it for a while, we've been doing it for about nine, ten years now. So if someone's like, I'm, this is my first time doing a Comic-Con, well, let us help you. Here's all the information I have. It may work for you. It may not. Right. How, do, you know, how did you get into, you know, being a creator? Um, well, with Sinai and Happiness, uh, funny story, I met... Chris Wilson, the actual original creator on MySpace. Yeah. He sends me a message going, hey, baby, how big's your dick? <laughs> Did not say that. 
But it would be funnier <laughs> if he did. He said he likes my artwork. He likes my creepier stuff. And um, he was like, dude, let's be friends. So we were friends for a couple of years. And he go, hey, I want you to join Sinai and Happiness. I'm like, fuck yeah. You know? And I had already given up on artwork as a career at that point. Um, so he kind of re, like, refueled my fire for it. Right. Uh, but like my artwork and myself, I've always done it. I've always drawn for as long as I can remember. So that's never wavered. I just, just in the past nine years, I've really focused on making it a career. When you started sort of focusing on making it a career, you know, what was sort of the, the things you, you know, focused on? What were some of the lessons that you, you learned from others? Um, well, I learned not to get fucked over by taxes. Um, <laughs> no one ever tells you, like, I don't think there's any artist or creator out here that will ever say, watch out for taxes or get a CPA. And I was like, why does no one ever talk about that part? Because oh, yeah. my first year, um, I owed $18,000 in taxes. And like my first career like year with no other income, I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do with that? So you had to learn real quick. Um, well, it sounds like you did well for yourself that year. I did, but I didn't save it. I didn't save any. So, like, I bought my wife a new w ring to make up for the shitty one I gave her when I was 18. Or, uh, I'm sorry, I was 20. No, I was 18, 19. And uh, I was like, hey, I'll put this money on this ring. And then I talked to my CPA, and he goes, hey, you owe $18,000. I'm like, fuck me. <laughs> I'm going to Canada. So, I'm yeah. running. So that's... Uh, that was something that I wish people would have told me. Oh, that, that's definitely a <laughs> yeah, good taxes thing. Taxes are a huge thing. Taxes, yeah. A lot of rappers get fucked over on yeah, that. Yeah, 50 Cent. <laughs> he, he fucked himself. He's worth 50 cents now. Like, half of the members of D12, like... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> the ones who aren't dead? <laughs> yeah, they, they got fucked over by taxes. But, um... Yeah. Um, when, you know, how important is it, like you were mentioning before, if anybody has any questions and, and stuff... How, how important is it to, you know, to be helpful to these newer uh, creatives coming up? Because you definitely were in that place at one time. Um, I'll admit I definitely need reality checks because I have, uh, my audience has grown. You know, I, I get a lot of messages now. I get probably 40, 50 a day uh, just on one social media platform. So I use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So I probably have close to 80 to 100 messages a day that I just can't answer them all. And some of them are artists who are like, how do I do this, this, and this? And some of it's just like, how do I develop my style? And I'm like, that's a heavy question to ask someone. Yes. Like, here's how I did it. When I was 10 years old and I had these people I liked, I adapted their style and started meshing all of it until it became my style. But it didn't come until I was 27 years old. I'm 35 now. So it took a long time for me to get that. And trying to tell someone that, hey, you're not going to be good. You're going to suck ass for years. And then one day you'll get good. <laughs> right. Um, but it's, I try to get better. I try to answer people's questions. Um, sometimes I'm just too swamped. You know, I, I'm with Sign on Happiness full time. I run a clothing line uh, based out of Akron with uh, my buddy Mike full time. I have two kids. I have a wife that I, you know, have to pretend I'm a good husband to. Um, <laughs> So I, I don't really have a lot of extra time to, like, answer questions. So what I try to do is, like, the podcast or I'll do uh, Instagram Live, Facebook Live, and I'll try and answer those questions then right. and hope that someone hears it. To these sort of young creatives that would hit, you know, would hit you up or any other 
Don't hit me up. <laughs> what sort of advice, you know, would you have for them to the right way to hit hit you up? Um, or any any creative. I mean, honestly, the internet's the best way. Twitter, Instagram, the way they're doing it is the right way. It's just, I always say, if they have fifty thousand fans or more, they may, as long as they didn't pay for their fans, right? Um, they may not have the time to answer because when I initially started getting bigger and bigger, I was answering every message. Right. And I started timing myself. I'm like, I just spent four hours just answering email right. on one platform, not even my other ones. I'm like, how am I going to create anything if I'm still having to answer questions? You know, So that's uh, you can always reach out. If I have that free moment, I'll fucking answer. Right. But for the most part, if I don't answer, it's not that I didn't read it. I read it. But it wasn't important enough for me to do it. <laughs> right. I was just listening to this other uh, podcast, this podcast, uh, the Jordan Harbinger Show. Okay. And they had, um, he had, I forget who it is on there, but they were talking about if, like, um, when he was hitting up, um, um, you know, authors or whatever, he was doing it all wrong for so many years. But then he kind of, uh, he was learned a formula by one of the art, uh, authors to basically keep the email to one specific thing. And, and that can that can be read in 45 seconds. That's like when when someone's gonna hit you up. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, usually when start off small, basically. Right. Like whenever I respond, they usually get it within the first sentence, because I can like in my Instagram, um, if it's someone I don't know, it goes in my like unsolicited or whatever. Right. And if they have the first thing saying, "Hey, how did you do this?" I might be more inclined to read it. Um, a lot of times they'll be like, I don't know if you'll read this. I probably won't read it. <laughs> kind of like, well, I don't know what the fuck you're about to ask me. So, Right. I read something about uh, you did this, uh, this thing called the Inktober Illness Series. Yes. Uh, something about, you know, dealing with mental health. What yeah. was that about? So in 2016, I did a, uh, well, I was asking for suggestions for Inktober. Inktober is that uh, every year, October, for one day of uh, October, each day in October, you draw one piece of artwork. Yeah. And the year before, I did um, Nightmare Before Christmas. So I was asking suggestions, and uh, one fan suggested mental illness. And I was like, eh, that doesn't sound like a good idea. Like, that <laughs> sounds like a terrible idea. I want to move on. And I checked the next day, and it had like 100 likes. I'm like, you got to do this. you got to do this. So I said, OK, I'll do a couple. So I'd never finished an October, an October series. So I did like four or five. Posted them and then moved on. Right. And then two days later, I'm getting like 1,000 likes, 2,000 likes. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? So I kept doing it. And then like within two weeks, like BuzzFeed reached out to me, Huffington Post, um, whatever Ashton Kutcher's magazine is called, A Plus, I think. Um, and I started getting all these interviews. So I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then I got shit on <laughs> by half the internet where they're like, fuck you for making me a monster. I'm like, oh my God, what happened? <laughs> um, so yeah, that's how that started. Um, I have a, a nursing degree. Um, I did a lot of rotations in mental uh, health facilities. Yeah. Um, I personally battle with depression. I battle with anxiety. I battle with social anxiety severely, uh, which is ironic being in a convention. But, right. <laughs> you know, if you ask most people here, this is where they feel normal. Yeah. Because they're yeah. like, you know, I don't feel like an outcast. I don't feel like an awkward person. I feel like I'm with my people. And I feel like there's a positive like 
there Levity is. Here. I mean, you'll have like the negative assholes here and there, but yeah. for the most part, it's very, it's a very family oriented. Yeah. You know, a lot of these people who do the uh, convention circuit, like they all know each other. Like, right. They're always hanging out with each other. I'm not, but <laughs> I, uh, I like to sleep in my hotel. Right. But it's, it just had a huge importance for me uh, because people don't talk about it a lot. A lot of people. Like, they'll say, like, oh, hey, I have AIDS or I have cancer. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. Cool. You know, I hope you feel better. But if I say, hey, I have bipolar, you're like, oh, you're fucking crazy. Bye. And right. they, they walk away. So we wanted to start becoming, like, a voice for those people. So, like, wearing – well, we don't have one of them here. But wearing, like, one of our designs so they feel like, okay, I'm telling the world that I have this, but, no, but it doesn't say it. So it gives them a little bit of strength. So – Talk about your clothing line some more. It's a clothing line. <laughs> we put artwork on shirts. No. Uh, it's a clothing line based out of Akron, Ohio. Uh, it's between me and my business partner, Mike. Um, we wanted to kind of bring his street streetwear fashion with my dark art together and kind of just make stuff that we like to wear. Right. And that's kind of, you know, two best friends. You know, we went with the name Any Means Necessary because we both had – very hard lives. He grew up in a meth lab, you know, lived on the streets for a while. Okay. Um, I grew up fucking food stamp, welfare poor, taking slices of bacon to school for lunch. Uh, but we made it work. And it's always been like that mentality of just whatever it takes to do it, do it. And we've been doing it for just as long as I've been doing Sign and Happiness. So it's been going on almost 10 years. Um, and it's been going, it's been successful. Uh, we use the clothing platform to push our mental illness stuff as well. We were able to donate, I think, over $5,000 uh, two years ago to like mental health research. Cool, awesome. What is it? What What lessons could somebody uh, kind of pull from? You know, what, things that's happened in your life or you know your career. Like, what's what is about your story that's you know somebody can learn from? Everything I did, do the fucking opposite of. Like, <laughs> if you want to pursue art, just do it. I, I can't live without a safety net. I have to have my hands on a couple of different things. Yeah. Just in case one thing fails, I have another thing to support me. I got you know two kids, a wife, a house to pay for. Uh, so I can't have no income coming in. But I always tell people, like, if you want to pursue art, cool. Just realize that not everyone's going to be a successful artist. Like, that's the hardest thing to tell someone when they go, I want to be an artist like you, or I want to be a professional artist like you, and I look at their stuff and it looks like shit. <laughs> like, you can't tell them it looks like shit, but, but I always tell them, like, I can't promise you that you're going to have a career. I can't promise that. Um, all I can say is if you put your effort into it and you have the audience, cool, but, I mean... Becoming a professional artist is like becoming a professional NBA player, NFL player. If people are like, that's exaggerated. I'm like, that's the fucking truth. Uh, not everyone's successful. Like, there's a lot of artists here, but not all of them are successful. You know, they're working other jobs or, you know, they're living off old careers that, you know, no one gives a shit about now. Not against them, but people move on super quick. It's just, it's a harsh uh no safety net kind of job. Don't do it. Don't do it. Abort. <laughs> abort. <laughs> right. Um, I always like to close out my interviews on my podcast by asking the same question, and that is, who is somebody that's been a part of your life or career that I could realistically interview and they would have a great story, a great lessons to talk about? 
Um, oh, let me think here. Are you coming to talk to me, sir? Hi. I am. I mean, that's all, all this right here. Yeah. What's up? You sure can. What do you, you got something for me to sign? <laughs> Why don't we have that card in there? No idea. Okay. Um, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> no, who is somebody that's been a part of your life or career that, you, that I could realistically interview Him. that have great stories? Him. Mike. Like, no. Yeah. Talk, honestly, he knows me more than anything, and he has a crazier life than I have. But um, he'd be the one to interview, honestly, because... Uh, Wait, what's his name? Michael Nemitz. He's the co-owner of Any Means Necessary, but he'd be the one. I'd say interview Chris Wilson, but uh, they're not really taking interviews. <laughs> they're busy working on the game right now. So. Right, right. Cool, but, yeah. cool. That's who I say. All right. Where can people uh, go online to uh, find out more information about your, uh, everything you're doing? Uh, so you can find me at Explosum.net or amnclothing.com, which is A, M as in Mary, M as in Nancy, clothing.com. Did I say that? I don't know. AMNclothing.com. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Instagram at AMN, or any means necessary clothing. Twitter, AMN underscore clothing. Me, on, I'm Sean Koss on everything. <laughs> there you go. All right, cool, man. Thank you for uh, taking the time to interview. You're welcome. Now go fuck yourself. <laughs> so that was my interview with Sean Koss, recorded recently at Wizard World Columbus. Any more information, you can always... Just go to FreshesThePodcast.com and all the information about where you can find uh, about him, it will be in the show notes for this podcast episode. Now on to the Fresh of the Word Fresh Pick of the Week. And this episode's pick is the comic book Max the Inebriated Rabbit, written and drawn by the Detroit-based artist Eric Gutierrez. In the three issues already released, we see Max dive into all the struggles of love and life with an interesting band of degenerate friends and enemies. Even through all the drugs and booze Max consumes, he's still a jerk underneath. Max is like Roger the Rabbit, but much more sleazier, and he's the epitome of misery loves company. At the core of it all, Max is still lovable in a weird sense, and you can't help but kind of root for him in the end. You'll laugh at all of his idiocy and how he's able to make it out alive from all these pickles he's able to get himself into. I hear there's a new issue on its, on its way pretty soon, and uh, Max is trying to make an interesting turn of his life, so we'll see, we'll see what happens with Max the Inebriated Rabbit. For more information on this comic, you can always go to facebook.com slash maxtheinebriatedrabbit. All these will be linked up in the show notes for, uh, for this episode on freshofthepodcast.com. So this is another episode in the books. Just want to remind you how you can uh, support the podcast. You can always go to freshesthepodcast.com and just share any of the links on your social media. They'll definitely help out. And if you want to subscribe to Fresh is the Word, you can subscribe to Fresh is the Word on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, Google Play, and TuneIn. Just type in Fresh is the Word and it should come up. And it would definitely help out, especially on Apple Podcasts, if you could leave a rating and a review. And if I do see it, I'll definitely read it on an upcoming episode. You can also follow me online at Twitter and Instagram at Kelly Omega Fresh and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash KFresh. 
And you can follow uh, Fresh is the Word online on Twitter at FITW Podcast, on Instagram at Fresh is the Word Podcast, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Fresh is the Podcast, and on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash Fresh is the Word Podcast. Definitely thank you for listening each week. Goodbye and good night. Fresh, 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 fresh is the Word.